Well, hello there. Come on in. Sit. Let me pour you a stiff drink. You're not from Miles' planet, are you? <laughs> I could tell just by looking at you. Huh? What's that? You, you came to Phoenix to search for some information? I might have what you looked for, but be warned. The content I'm about to present you might be a bit heavy-handed on the subject matter for someone your age, so discretion is advised. There will be spoils of war going around these parts, so be very careful if it's something you're not used to seeing yet. The people involved in this war are very opinionated and do not reflect those of the crew they run with. That being said, this information doesn't come cheap. I require payment. Ooh, camel cigarettes. Very nice. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a battle bike betting pool to run. Enjoy your drink. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dub Talk, a show where a bunch of freedom-fighting, uh, space-dwelling teenagers get together and talk about our favorite anime dubs. And welcome to Summer at the Movies, where tonight we'll be, we will be discussing the uh, the 1989 film Venus Wars, now dubbed by Sentai. <laughs> I am your host, uh, Lack the Watcher, a.k.a. Liam, and with me tonight is my friend Jamal. War, man. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing, you know? Yep. Except for making good anime. Uh, but... Remember, kids, war is bad. <laughs> Just remember that. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, yeah, tonight, as I said, we will be talking about Venus Wars, uh, which is admittedly a little bit of a obscure title, at least over here in the States. But uh, was recently brought back into the um, into the mainstream audience because of Sentai's re-release that just happened this year as a recording. Um, so yeah, do we have any backstory or anything we want to go through? Yeah, pretty much. Because uh, the director of this film, uh, this is he, he, this was his last. I think it's the only piece of work before he became a full-time manga artist. Like, he put a lot of heart and soul into this film. And uh, it's a very spectacular film because, if I remember correctly, he's the director and the music is done by uh, Joe Hisaishi. And I think Joe, he did a lot of work for... I have to look up. I think he did a lot of work for Trigger Anime. But I know the director, Yoshikatsu Yasuhiko, he did a... He handled Crusher Joe Arion, which I know you like very much. Mm -hmm. And I love Crusher Joe, too, actually. So Yeah, giant, giant Gorg along those lines. And then he just, after after the success of Gundam, like, his film was his film was released. And then, like, for the next 25 years or so, it was just faded to obscurity up until now. Like, like it did catch on. Like, believe it or not, viewers, this, this is actually... Not the first dub for this that this movie's ever had. Uh, there was a previous dub done by a manga entertainment, I think it was. Yeah, it was one of the. the it was one of the British ones. <laughs> it was manga entertainment. Yeah. yeah, 
unfortunately, it's a product of its time because, as you know, a lot of 90s anime back in the day, some things will change, some uh, scenes will cut, some names will renamed, you know. The typical 90s anime dub and uh, didn't really receive well. And uh, I know before we started reviewing, we were about to review this, Heidi was asked me if I was going to check out this the first dub, too. I was like, wait, there was a previous dub? <laughs> but it's uh, like like other some other 90s dubs that kind of faded to obscurity as well. So we don't have that for you tonight. The, the Manga Entertainment... The manga entertainment dub does have some people who were who were fairly consistent in terms of like um, uh, anime dubbing at the time. You've got like William Dreyfus, Sean Barrett, guys like that who worked on like Lupin when it was being dubbed by manga. So before it, before it moved over to uh, or moved over to uh, uh, I, I want to say Bang Zoom, but that's not that's not accurate. I mean the the dub. I can't remember the name at the moment, but it was the one when when Tony Oliver and and Richard Eckhart and Michelle Ruff and all them started working. So, but yeah, that that's that was uh that was the cast that was used in the original one. So, I'm sure we'll figure it out over time. But yeah, man, like this was this was a surprisingly very good film. I mean, even for its time, it was very spectacular because. It didn't really use any CG or anything like just a lot of its shots. It's just it's basically your film grain eighty style kind of animation with a with what would be used as CG today. It used like some real life scenes and they just overlaid the animation onto it as well. With like with the battle bikes going out into war. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I think this film's a little better than its reputation leads it to be. Um, I think it's very much a product of its time, but at the same time, it's like, this is sort of the thing that Japan was worried about during the 80s, so it makes sense that the film would present itself like this. Which is funny, because when the film was released, you know, a lot of big-name events happened after that. The Cold War, right? The, uh, yeah, along those lines. And uh, when the... When this guy announced for a dub by Sentai, <laughs> it was announced like right after the uh, insurrection at Capitol. Right. Remember, kids, your favorite anime is political. And the the movie came out in the same year as the fall of the Berlin Wall and stuff like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> this movie came out before I was even born. Before either of us were born, really. But. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um... But yeah, uh, I don't know if I don't know if the the march on Capitol Hill and, and Venus Wars have that much in common though. <laughs> it's the timing. Yeah, it's the it, timing. yeah, big political event. I get you. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, it's definitely a product of eighties anime, and I think that's why it appeals to me because I, I really love that era, and I love the kind of geopolitical like era that Japan was going through during that time. I, I think yeah. it made for a lot of great art. Uh, Bubblegum Crisis is another series I absolutely love, and that that was, you know, definitely a product of its time as well. And, and this shares a lot of, like... This shares some superficial similarities to Bubblegum Crisis. So. Yeah. I need to check that out one of these days. Yep. 
And, and not to mention, um, I, I have a personal, well, not a personal, but I have a, a somewhat intimate connection to Yoshikazu uh, Yasuhiko because of the fact I'm a big Dirty Pair fan as well, and he did the original character designs for Dirty Pair. He he worked, oh. he worked on the novel The Great Adventures of Dirty Pair with um, with uh, Haruka Takachiho. Yeah. So. Uh, and I think up. Haruka Takachiho worked on uh, Christopher Joe as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, he wrote the Christopher Joe novels. So, but uh, yeah. So, do we got anything else before we get into uh, the lists? Uh, no, I think anything else we may have left. We'll just go throughout throughout the discussion of the film. Okay. So, so I guess we'll just go ahead and get started. Alright, so to start out, we are going to go through the ADR director and script writer. Uh, for ADR director, we have Mike Haimoto. And for script writer, we have George Manley. So, um... So, uh, interesting, things about, interesting thing about these two, because I know for Mike, this is actually his first directing gig. He's also directed other stuff as the... We dub of Baki and Hero Mask, which were previously on Netflix. There's an interesting thread about that if you want. If you want a discussion about so that, so he works. And, he uh, works with Bang Zoom mostly. No, what happened was uh, apparently, Tai licensed some stuff for whole video from Netflix, but because I I don't know, I think the dubs were too expensive or something along those lines. They weren't able to get the dub entirely, so they ended up doing some things from scratch. But yeah, Mike's also assist assistant. He's he's actually the main director for Hero Mask and the assistant for Baki, and uh, George Manley. He's also written for stuff such as Log Horizon, Food Wars, and I believe he's doing a. Oh, I think he did a comic. I can't know. And he also wrote for Dramatical Murder, so, uh... Alright. I mean, it's pretty interesting to see that this is his first real directing job. I'm kind of surprised Sentai right? would give this to a new director. But maybe they didn't think it was going to be that profitable anyway. So I think the thing with Sentai is, you know, they... They love to take chances on these kinds of things. Yeah, which is often their biggest strength as a dubbing company as opposed to other companies. <laughs> so they, they tend to be a little more risk-taking. Sometimes it's a strength, sometimes it's also a weakness too because depending on the properties they pick up, you know, because I right. know there's still people upset about killing bites, twing, tw twittering birds never fly, that kind of thing. It's like... Well... Um... I, I think it's I think it's actually impressive that this dub actually came together pretty well considering its new staff kind of running the show on this one. Um, I'm trying to think of what I really want to say. Uh, there, there is a certain timelessness to this that I think really helps it. I, I like the fact that in spite of the fact that it was clearly made in 1989, it, it really does... They were able to translate. Uh, they were able to translate most of the dialogue pretty well to fit a modern audience without making it feel too like trying too hard. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I mean, all around, it's just a it's just a solid dub. It's about as good as you could ask a dub for Venus Wars to be, because there's. Because of the fact that we have had another dub, and I haven't listened to the other dub personally, but I do appreciate the fact that Sentai was willing to go to the lengths to actually redub it instead of just buying out the original dub and using that. Um, I feel like if Discotech had gotten this, they would have done that. So, <laughs> I I think what it is is that it kind of reminds me of BDX in a way because I remember with BDX. When uh, Marissa Nenti helmed the, the rest of the show, she wanted to make her actors give off that vibe as much as possible. With a, with B-Dex, it was a 90s kind of vibe, so, you know, thinking, like, you can't be 90s cartoons, that kind of thing. Mm. Which, luckily, she, luckily, Nenti didn't have to because the actors kind of understood the property. With uh, Venus Wars, I would say it's more or less the same thing, but I think it's more... Mike's understanding of the film in its entirety, because I know, because he seems to have a a natural approach with uh, the way he, the, it's kind of hard to kind of pick what it is about Mike's stuff that just makes it feel timeless, because, you know, this is his first property, so I guess he wanted to research, he probably did his research and wanted to make this the best that he possibly can, you know, just get the 80s sound out of these actors. So. Right. Especially considering who voices Donna. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of impressive. And George, George did a very good job by the scripts. There was, I don't think there was really anything out of place or anything that, I mean, ironically, would date the material, even though it is a property from 1989. You know, you got to find some way to stay faithful to that without overstepping your boundaries. And a little side note for anybody just looking this up, uh, George Bradley was not credited on ANN for some reason, so I so we both found out this by watching the film, right? Just to give some clarification for this, so uh, right. Well, oh no! But they both did a very good job with this, and I look forward to more of this conversation. I, I, I know I'm going to preach in final thoughts, but. This is really a film y'all should check out. So. Mm-hmm. Especially if you like stuff from this era. Um, Alright, so should we start with the cast now? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to we're gonna start off the list of the cast with talking about the Killer Commandos. Save for two of them, for reasons. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about Rob, Jack, Kathy, Dow, and Kenny. Rob's a jokester, wimp, and a coward, but uh, <laughs> apparently you scare him hard enough, he'll bite back immensely. <laughs> exactly. Even Scary was scared of him. Uh, Jack is a member of the Kill Commandos. Kind of a playboy, because at one point, he's he's hang, he's dating Kathy, and Kathy just dumps her after the home invasion by the police. Right. To which Kathy is the cheerleader for the Killer Commandos. Was dated well, but when he had his eyes on Sue, she just kind of moves on, I guess. I forget what the term is for that. but uh, Rebound. Yeah, rebound. 
Uh, I know Tao and Kenya, the uh, two knuckleheads you, that don't talk much in the background. Like they look, they kind of remind me. They look like Beavis and Butthead in kind of a way if you think about it. Yeah, there's there's definitely that kind of element to it. And uh, did I miss anybody else? I don't think so. I think you talked about everybody. So Then we should be good then. So you want to tell me who plays these people? Yep. All right. So for Rob, we've got Mark Allen Jr. For Jack, we've got Scott Gibbs. Kathy is Christina Kelly. Dao is Mike Haimoto, the director. (laughs) And uh, Kenny is Blake Jackson. Okay. So Blake Jackson, you've also heard is a... Chikuma Manime and Actors Songs Connection. He's the new voice of Baki in the Redub of Baki. And he's Taho Maru in Dororo. So that's going to be interesting. Right. Uh, Christina Kelly, you've also heard as Mine Nakame Ka Kill. And uh, Alice Nakuri in the Food Wars franchise. Uh, let's see, Mark Allen Jr., you've heard this, Yoda now coming the day I became a god, uh, Ukyo Sayonji is Dr. Stone, Stone Wars, and Renkoha, the Magic, the Kingdom of Magic, Mike Aimoto is, of course, the director, you've heard this, Bon Ritada in Golden Time, Tori in Log Horizon, and Kao Ijuin in Tada Never Falls in Love, and Scott Gibbs, you've heard as Hector Doyle and Baki, David and Chaika the Coffin's Princess, Chaika the Coffin Princess, and Satoshi Ichiki in Food Wars. Alright, so, seems pretty decent, I know, but I have a feeling this section is going to go by pretty quick. Uh, yeah, the characters aren't really in the movie that much. Uh, they are kind of in the background, just to further the plot for characters like Will and, and you know, Will and Hero. So, what's what's funny is the only two that really stand out to me are Mark Gallen Jr. and Christina Kelly. Christina Kelly, because I've said in the past, like she has like a kind of a hammy tone in her voice. Like it's hard not to pick her out in the dub every time I hear her, because she has this natural charisma to her, no matter what she does. Mm. Mark Mark Allen Jr. is kind of interesting because, and I know Roots pointed this out to me before. The man started off as a California actor before he moved to Texas. Which is not typically how it's done. So No. But the weird part about it was he said that uh, he was the first person to do that and uh, he actually is not. Because I know that's Amelie because she went from L.A. to Dallas to Houston. Well, she's still in Dallas, but she, does some, she did some Houston stuff from time to time. But hearing Mark Allen Jr. is this was very interesting, like, and only in the last year or so have I been able to understand his voice. I still can't pick him out yet in the crowd, but, you know, he he gets the job done. Everybody gets the job done in this section. I really have no complaints other than, Jack, you're a fucking idiot. Well, that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering myself, did you, do you think he was actually watching somebody else's house or that he actually broke into somebody's house. He probably broke into somebody's house. That was always the implication I got from it. Yeah. But, I mean, it was the ghetto, so who really cared? You know? (laughs) And the fact that it's a strip 
is a essentially strip mall, which uh, depending on how high end your mall is, there may be some apartment complexes nearby, but uh, when it overlooks the mall, yeah, something's off. Yeah, I mean, Carol on Tuesday had a much brighter vision of living on Mars, so, you know. Oh, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think everybody filled their roles pretty well here. Uh, I do think the standouts were probably Scott Gibbs as Jack and Christine Kelly as Kathy. Um, but everybody was good. Everybody fit their roles well. They sounded right. Um, I can't really complain to any degree either. I think this is a good, strong, like, like secondary cast, so yeah. All right, do we want to move on? Yeah. Okay. So next up on the list, we've got some uh, more more significant characters for the Freedom Fighters. We have uh, we have Gary and Miranda Cocker. Miranda. Oh, nice. Sorry, you go ahead. Yep. Uh, Gary is voiced by John Cromelian, who's uh, not. Who's uh, not a, a stranger to redubbing old anime movies, as he was the voice of D for the Vampire Hunter D movie, and Miranda Cocker is actually voiced by um, by Christine Alton, which is funny. Uh, and this is something Mike Himoto, uh, Himoto pointed out as well, is the fact that um, because the movie has bubblegum crisis vibes. It is pretty obvious that she should be in it as she was the voice of Pris in Bubblegum Crisis 2040. So Wow. Yep. Okay, so uh, in case those are wondering about the characters, uh, Gary's a team owner of the Killer Commandos. So the, uh, team owner of the Killer Commandos, a mechanic. Uh, Match is a junkyard as well. Uh, he He's kind of brash but sympathetic towards the youngsters. But there's also a side of him that uh, sells uh, military-grade weapons. Used to be the army on Earth, so he lost his friends and a leg battling a tank. Uh, Miranda Cocker is team leader of the Killer Commandos. Uh, she's the queen who gives the orders, stubborn and unyielding. Has a vindictive urge to get revenge on the Ishtar's armies. The ones that botched the race and occupied the stable they called home. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. She becomes a soldier later on. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to Hero, essentially. So, uh. Right. So, yeah. Um. I think they both sound great in this. Oh, yeah. I, I like both these actors a lot. So, anytime I get to hear them is pretty much a treat. So. You know, I've re- I've, it's weird. I've been recently watching Sorry. One Piece. So, hearing, uh, uh. You know, hearing John Grimellian as, like, Hawkeye is pretty fun. You know? Yeah. Hawkeye Mihawk. So. <laughs> it's funny, because the only thing I've known Christine Otten before is the S-Death in the comic got killed, which is the uh, Ice Queen waifu, if you've ever seen the oh, show. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, uh... She's Izumi Curtis in the Full Metal Alchemist franchise. That's right. Both the original and Brotherhood, but so... Here you go, this is... It's kind of unique, because... You know, because this character is kind of hot and hot-headed at the same time, but, you know, <laughs> she, she has her reasons for doing things, and, uh... 
She won't hesitate to call you out on your bullshit when necessary. And John Grabillion. Yeah, John Grabillion seems to be a staple of Sentai. Uh, He's been kind of there <sighs> since the beginning for ADV, so, yeah. Yeah, although lately I have seen him do uh, a, a few things for Funimation, because I know he's... Oh, yeah, he's done, criminal. he's done plenty of Funimation stuff. But. I know he's gentle criminal in uh, My Hero Academia. Right. Right, so... But yeah, hearing him is this grizzled old man who's better combat, so he knows the experience firsthand is that... I don't know, it's, it, it, it would feel more like a John Swayze character, but John Grimillion pulls it off very well, though. I have to right. give him props on that. Yeah, he's he's got he's got some good... Um, he's got some good bass to his voice, so he can play older grizzled guys like that pretty well, I feel like. Um, I don't know how much I really have to say, honestly, because I, I think it's just two very strong performances for these fun kind of characters. Uh, you know, spoilers yeah. for, uh, for the movie, but Gary dies, uh, so we don't get to see him super much, you know, uh, aside from, like, near the beginning of the movie. Wait, 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 did he? Because I watched the movie twice, and I don't recall. Doesn't he? Oh, was that what? The, was that when the? Was that when the crane fell over and landed on Hero? Or? Yeah, yeah. Ah, and then I, I and then Hero he... sees somebody who he thinks is Gary, but then it turns out it's not him. So, no, I think it's actually one of our next characters. Now you think about it, is it? Maybe. Anyway, anyway, yeah, I think that's the only thing that's kind of happened about these two performances is that. They get a little more to do than the Killer Commandos, but they don't get as much to do later on after that midpoint, except for Miranda. And even then, that, even then, like what Hero goes off on his own, that's pretty much it. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know what else to say. It would have been funny if one of the uh, ADV uh, Dirty Pair. Uh, cast members that played uh, Miranda. Oh, that would have been funny. Because that, that would have more <laughs> of a connection to to um, Venus Wars. But no, uh, Christine Autumn was a great was a great choice. Um so yeah, I guess we'll move on to the next one. So uh, are you guys ready for two sides of the same coin? Uh, we've got uh, Captain Kurtz who is the uh, enigmatic leader of the Freedom Fighters, or at least a, a young command. Yeah, yeah, he's the young commander of the Authority Army's combat bike unit. Uh, saves Hero while fighting against the Octopus Tank at the stadium. Uh, rarely shows his emotions, but tries to figure out how to improve the, how to keep his soldiers surviving. Right, Alpha makes Hero an offer he couldn't refuse. To which, essentially, you know, Hero lost that duel, so... Uh, yeah, he uh, he challenges him to a motorcycle race because this is still an 80s movie. Uh, yeah, of uh, course. Uh, and on the other side of the coin, we've got General Donner, who is essentially the fascist leader, you know, yada, 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 same old... Commander-in-chief of the Ishtar Occupation Forces, utilizes to the octopus tanks... Ish I feel like I'm watching that fake Grand Order anime now. <laughs> yeah. No, that, uh, that's but, definitely not what Ishtar looks like in fake Grand Order. I can tell you that much. 
But uh, yeah, I know, but he's cold, calculating, and at one point even disarms a reporter firing a gun at her. To which I don't think she realized the safety was even on in the first place, but right. uh Well no, obviously not. He would have been dead. So Yeah, pretty much. Um, so for the cast, uh Captain Kurtz is voiced by Sean Patrick Judge, who I have to admit I don't know this name. It's funny because it's a new name. This is his first role ever, according to the oh. Twitter thread. Yeah, you can also hear him as a Alley the Hero Mask, a Yahiko Adoro, and a Dan Carey in Babylon. And what's funny about this is, is that he was recommended to Mike Haimoto, uh from the from, <laughs> from another voice actor who we'll talk about in a few seconds. Oh, okay. Right? Oh, yeah, that uh, being so, a, yeah, General Donner is voiced by a name I know very well, David Wald. So. Who is, of course, no stranger to dub talk. You've right. heard Mr. Bulat the comic got killed. Uh, Attack on Titan. He's basically in every uh, Sentai dub somewhere. <laughs> basically, if you hear David Wald in any dub ever that's not California, you'll hear David Wald. Yeah. Trust me, even Gigi can pick him out of a lineup. But yeah, the interesting thing about this is that Shaw was recommended by David to Mike, so the fact that he accepted the recommendation means that Shaw definitely had something to prove it. Given what he portrayed here, his chops he had the he had the chops. He he fits he fits anime dubbing well. He he fits right in. So Yeah. Uh, what, was he what, like what? a stage actor or something? Is that where he comes from? I don't know. That's the thing. Let me see. Uh, it I looks like he was a stage actor. Yeah, I'm, I'm on his website right now. Yeah, most 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 of Houston like. Is, is that, that how you're supposed thing. to pronounce his name? Is it like Shen? Well, it has it, it's an accent. Yeah, it's an accent. that's the thing. I uh, he doesn't have a pronunciation, but maybe he has a. Oh, some type of demo reel or something. Yeah. I I do apologize if you just if you somehow listened to this uh, shot or even hell even David Wilder. You know we're just working with uh, what we have. Only right fans, now. okay? <laughs> yeah, we're pivoting away from porn. <laughs> you know they're actually doing that. Who? What? What are we talking about? Yeah. Well, you made an OnlyFans joke. I know, no, I know I did, but I, I don't know who you're talking about now. Like, like where are no, you No, OnlyFans, they're actually pivoting away from porn. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hmm. Well, I guess uh, Patreon will have to be the main uh, thing then. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it looks like he's mostly done stage and maybe some commercials, it looks like. Uh, but even so, yeah, no, he he fits anime dubbing well. I'm glad David Wald was able to find him. So yeah, what what according to the thread here, one of Mike's favorite moments for him is a type of monologues. Yeah, I, I, you can you can definitely you definitely hang on every word this guy says. And... It's it's great when somebody completely new can come in and just knock it out of the park. So I hope to be something like that myself one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. No. For- uh, both of these are really good. David Wald is always super strong, especially in roles like this. Even though it's not, it's not super like what he always does. It's it's still very much in his wheelhouse, 
And he always knocks out, out of the park characters like this. Authoritarian characters. He was also in the Vampire Hunter D redub. Now that I think about it. Yeah, he, he, was. he was the main bad guy. So we've got we've got D and um Count Marcus, I think his name is. I wanna I wanna I, hang on. Let me I might be wrong. I might be thinking of my D and D campaign. Vampire Hunter D Count Magnus Lee. Magnus, okay, Count Magnus Lee, yes. Which was dubbed by Streamline yeah. and not manga. Uh, which is even more yeah. surprising that they redubbed it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, David Ward, he he hardly turns into bad performance. He gives it his all. Like I know one of the things Mike says is his favorite moments is every single word he says. And that is very true. Yeah, I mean, he 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 really like he makes General Donner feel powerful. So. Especially, especially after all the roles he's had this year, there's nothing that David Wald can't do, right. except baby flip, baby salt and flip flappers. But that's just me. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> trust me, if you ever see that show, well, I doubt you'll ever see. But if you ever see that show, what day is uh, very crazy. Yeah. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, I, I there's really nothing that can be said about these two performances except that. Uh, Sean Patrick Judge for a newcomer, he really knocks it out of the park. And David Wald is just doing his thing like he always does. So. <laughs> David Wald is just being David Wald. Exactly. That's all he can be. Uh, he's the best David Wald there is. Um, so, yeah, I think we can move on. Y- you good? Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Okay, all right. So we're getting into the couples at this point. Starting off with... Uh. Sort. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, no, no! I was just reminiscing over what one of these couples. So uh. yeah. Uh, so we've got Will and probably the poster girl for this movie, uh, but not the main character, uh, Susan Sue Summers. Uh, Will yeah. is is kind of he's kind of the cool guy, uh, hotshot, freedom fighter. Who's he's kind of more out there than uh, our main character, Hero. The uh, most capable member of the Killer Commandos. Right. Uh, he just bright and jovial and uh, tax log with Hero when he gets picked up into the uh, Howd unit. He, he's the Gary Oak to Hero's uh, Ash Ketchum. And as I said, uh, Susan Sue Summers, or Sue, is um, yeah. pretty much the poster girl of the movie. She is a reporter from Earth who comes to Mars to report on the, the goings-on of the war. And she basically falls for Will, sort of. I don't want to go into too many details of it. Uh, she's also kind of a bitch, but she learns not to be. So, yeah. So, uh, all right. So, um, <laughs> Will is played by, I assume, a fan favorite of uh, Dub Talk, uh, David Matranga, and uh, Susan Sue Summers is played by uh, Maggie Fleckno. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Yeah, Fleckno. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Who is another David name Matranga. I'm not super familiar with. Uh, let me break it down for you. David Matraga, you've heard this. Bertolt in Attack on Titan. Tomoya Okazaki in Clannad. And <laughs> for the ladies out there, Victor in Diabolic Lovers. Right. Uh, Maggie Flecto, you've also heard as Shika Nibutani in Love Chinibi on Other Delusions. Uh, Yui in Diabolic Lovers. 
And was that like the main girl? Thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, there's only like one girl in Diabolic Lovers, right? <laughs> so. And kind of Kojima, and why the hell are you here, teacher? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's fine. Um, That's the thing about Sentai sometimes. It's like, you know, the ratio of, of good to bad wolves. It's a mixed bag for Sentai sometimes, you know. Sometimes they get Why the Hell Are You Here, Teacher, and sometimes they get Dororo, which is one of my favorite anime of the last, like, ten years. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, David Matranga. David Matranga is David Matranga. He's always good, especially in roles like this. <laughs> I'm a dumbass. I forgot he's Todoroki in My Hero Academia. You didn't mention that he was Todoroki. Hey, man, hosting is hard, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> Sometimes some things will slip through the cracks. That's why we're sharing yeah, this load, basically. Yeah, David is very, very good as this character, like... I know, like, sometimes some people have problems with him, like, playing teenagers and stuff. Like, depending yeah. on the, the series, he can either pull it off very well or, you know, your taste may vary. That, that's always, that, that's always I think, something unfortunate for David Matranga is the fact that sometimes he sounds too young for a role and sometimes he sounds too old for it, you know? But I think this role was just right Yeah, no, it fit, it's perfect for him. He gets to show a lot of personality. Which is something, listen, I love Todoroki, but Todoroki is not the most personality, you know, driven character. So, Dave Matranga tends to have to play him kind of flat a lot. Uh, he does a great job with Todoroki. I'm not hating on him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is something that he really, uh, he gets to shine in. This is a role that he's very much prepared for, very much in his element for. And, um, Megan Fleck, though... As much as I don't know, you know, her stuff, she is great as Sue, in my opinion. She, what, she What's fun? Sorry, go ahead. She is just, like, I, I don't want to say annoying, but she is just, like, in your face enough without it becoming unbearable. You know? Yeah. So, two things about that. One, I thought they were going to call Pade. Uh, cast Maggie as a uh, Maggie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that is funny. Yeah, I mean, at times I like they uh, what they they play like that because I know they cast you know Robinson and Zenon uh, and Black Clover right. recently. Johnny Young Bosch uh, is another example of getting cast because his name is Johnny. <laughs> Space Dandy, Space oh boy! And um, and if I had to take a guess, Steel Ball Run. Oh, yeah, he is Jonathan Drostar, isn't he? Yep, so I would... And I always had this prevailing theory that they specifically cast him as Jonathan Joestar so that he could play Johnny in the Steel Ball run dub. So... <laughs> but the funny thing about Maggie Flepto, this is why she's very good at this role. You want to know what her daytime job is? Is she a reporter? She is. Oh, that's really cool, fact, actually. Yes, as a matter of fact, she hosts... She hosts a show called uh, Houston Happens on the CW39 from 9.30-10. Yeah, she has some video clips of her, like, doing, like, you know, like, local pieces, that kind of thing, like. Well, I guess it's, like, one of those things where you're making a movie and you cast a doctor to play a doctor, right? Exactly, because that's that's the one thing about a lot of these voice actors. Like, if they have it, they will bring the life experience to the world and like because i know yeah and that's that's something that's great about um dub actors specifically is they have other like outside sources because being a dub actor makes you no money <laughs> so you gotta do other stuff so 
Well, also, on top of that, with the life experience, because I know, for example, uh, Chris Wakecap is a Kodai in Star Blazers, and as a kid, he grew up watching the original Star Blazers mm. dub. So that kind of came full circle for him. I think that's what kind of skyrocketed his role to the way he's a more prominent name on dub talk sometimes. So uh, yeah, stuff like that is always it's always very interesting to learn more about the the person behind the role because you know. Actors are people first, you know. Right. A lot of people seem to forget that those are the ones. Well, there are, those are there are fans, and then there are fans, you know. No, that's so. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's, there's, really there's loonies ha- in every fandom. Anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I think I, this is this is going to be me repeating myself of everybody being cast well. In, in this dub, but some just to kind of derail a bit here, it's actually really impressive how well this is dubbed considering how old it is, you know? Like I said, Mike must have done his research just to capture that 80 sound because, like, you, you can't, you can't, you, 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 it's easy to, like, take, like, any property and adapt it to the current sound of today, but when you have to backtrack with something as old as this, well, hell, they're lucky to even get an M&E track for this. Right. If, if they had it, there wouldn't be a second dub at all. We'd just end up having the first dub. And the first dub was not so great for what I heard, but I did hear that the the main villain of that was a... I, I forget the character's name, but apparently he voiced the character in Pat Labor, so... Uh, mm. I'm really sad that Arian's not getting a dub. Uh, <laughs> that that's the chance with old properties sometimes. Yeah, especially, especially the current era. So. It is what it is, but Arian really needs a dub. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, David Matranga really fit Will well. Uh, it's definitely a, a role that he's extremely well suited for. He seemed like he was having fun too. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think I think that's the other thing about him voicing teenage characters. Like, if he can't break the personality or lack of personality when needed, you know, it would fall flat to some people sometimes. So. Right, 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 right. And and same for Maggie Fleck. No, she seemed like she was having a great time playing Sue. I think that's actually oh, okay. one of the strengths of this dub is that everybody seemed like they were really happy to do this dub. Oh yeah. Uh, everybody especially when like, ca- especially when you can cast somebody the element very well, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and since I used to dub like eighty stuff, or ADV used to dub like eighty stuff all the time, didn't they? So I, I want to say that when they first started, that's kind of what they were doing. But I guess that was more streamline. Streamline would more grab stuff from like the eighties and then dub it. But, uh... line discotheque, somewhere along those lines. Yeah. But, okay. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say, do you? Uh, no, just that Maggie it was a standout in this section. Like, actually, mm-hmm. I think she was the overall standout because when the story starts, you know, you introduce to her first before everybody else. So. Right. She's, she's, I, I will say, she's more interesting than Hero. <laughs> At least, at least on a on a narrative in a narrative sense, she's more interesting than Hero as a protagonist. 
So. Which is funny, because I'll which is funny, give it the synopsis, but uh, I'll I'll get to that when we get to Hero Dex. Yeah. So, uh. Which is what we're doing right now. Um, we finally reached the two main characters, uh, one more so than the other, but it's, it still makes sense that we put them together. Uh, we've got uh, Margaret Maggie Nakamoto, uh, who is kind of the love interest and, like, voice of, like, I don't know what you call, like, voice of sorrow. Is that one? She she's kind of diligent. She's also believe it or not. She's also one of the cheer, cheerleaders for the Killer Commandos. That's she right. Yeah. 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 Because she said, and she's also a nursing student. And uh, there's not really much to according to this book. She talks about talks about her her career, and she talks about like how she her father's kind of opposed to a relationship with Hero because you know he seems like a a gangster, a delinquent, that kind of thing. Just join this, essentially bike gang, but it's a professional bike gang, so there's a right. difference on that. He's 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 the very he's the very typical uh, '80s pro tag. So the the, yeah, the surly the surly '80s greaser type, uh, you know, yeah. rebel without a cause kind of thing. So um, yeah, he's a member of the battle bike team. Which I learned that I learned recently that battle bike is kind of this like roller ball style kind of competition. <laughs> it's it's kind of like roller derby in a sense, basically. And there are these unibikes, but uh, yeah, it's Battlestar Galactica bullshit. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, is that that's why they gave the backstory of him being a farmer's boy? Then even though that was kind of yeah yeah. Uh, feels hopeless towards the bleak future of Edis, developed a defiant attitude towards adults in their lives, leaves to recapture the stadium, uh, after a while he's saved from, the, from Captain Kurtz, and placed into the military. Not under his own volition, mind you, so. Alright, so should I get to the cast? Uh, yeah. Alright. I'll pull up these. Maggie is voiced by Lucy Christian, and uh, Hiro is voiced by Adam Gibbs. Now, I have a question real quick. What's up? Are Adam Gibbs and Scott Gibbs related? Oh, my God. This is the question that would never end. No, they are not. Okay. All right. Well, I've never and heard it, the uh, answer. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Lucy Christian, again, is no stranger to dub talk. She's, of course, a... Uh, uh, Ochako Uraka and now the voice of Recovery Girl in My Hero Academia. Uh, Nami in One Piece. Nagisa and Klanad. And uh, what's it going to do? Did you mention Honey Senpai? Oh, yeah, she's Honey Senpai in uh, Oan High School Host Club. Yep. Adam Gibbs, you've heard this. Uh... <laughs> okay. Zaya Kanye in the Maggie Brilliant Park. Uh-huh. I would never get over That's that funny. name. Yeah, uh, Fumio Tomozaki in the bottom tier character Tomozaki. Or for Crimson Kidders listening out there, uh, Big Dick character Tomozaki. Um, I don't know the- if we're allowed to say this, but uh, skipping ahead, he is going to be the voice of um, Hiyaki Maru in, uh, in Dororo. So. Yeah, yeah, we did break up Dororo earlier, so yeah, we yeah. could do that. And uh, he's Hotoro Oriki Hyoka. Okay. Um, they're both very good. <laughs> Holy shit, he's also a Todoroki in My Hero Academia. 
Wh- what? Oh, 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 he's like one of the other, one of the siblings? Yeah. Okay. One of the ones who's not Shoto, got it. Uh, what a name, Shoto. Anyway, um, yeah, no, they're, they're both very good. Um, Lucy Christian is always at the top of her game in anything. Um, she plays these roles very well. Um, the problem is, Maggie and Hiro, while I don't dislike them, they're just, they're not very distinctive characters. They're kind of, they're kind of the characters you expect in this kind of movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, and here's the reason why I saved it for this section. One of the things I learned with this movie is that uh, Yasuhiko focuses more on a, a world-driven, world-driven kind of narrative instead of a character-driven one. So right, that's why you, a lot of these characters like they don't have as much time completely throughout the movie. Like you see, you'll see the bits and pieces only when necessary. But even then, it's like you know. I guess Hero is what you would call a milk toast character, even though he is the main character. And Maggie only shows up to a point at which, you know, she just disappears. You only see her again at the end. Ma- Maggie as a character is kind of important because she sort of shows the outsider view looking in at all this. Which I think she's really the only character we see from that. Because not even Sue has that perspective. Because Sue has some personal stake in this as well, being a reporter. You know? Yeah. And I, I like Hero. Um, first of all, he's but, not a, he's not annoying, at least. I'll give him that. As a character, he's, he's not, like, annoying, like, oh, my God, can this kid just shut up? Like, I like him. Um, it's just that, as far as protagonists go, he's just not that interesting. You know? He's, he's mostly just passable. Yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't have a ton of personality because his character is something we've seen like almost a thousand times. That being said, Adam Gibbs does everything he can to give this character some you know personality. I I think that's what it is too because with Adam Gibbs, like he, I've seen him play characters of this type kind of before because I know Hioka, his character was kind of bland and boring by the side and. For some reason, I cannot get the words yippy-skippy out of my head. But, uh... Yeah, this is basically his bread and butter. It's like... It's only when he gets the chance to, like, play very dynamic characters. Or, like, something with a a dynamic plot to it. Which, Venus Wars does definitely have a dynamic plot. But, some of it kind of feels a little more... uh, I want to say it's not Michael Bay-esque, but, uh... It's very oh, it's, James Cameron esque. Yeah, yeah, James Cameron esque. So, um, James Cameron tends to put a little more thought into that kind of thing than Michael Bay does. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. That being said, I think a character like Hero is needed because I I think with a character like Hero, you have this sort of you need this sort of like look into hey, how is the youth handling this sort of situation? Um, yeah, pretty much. With something like, say, Crusher Joe, for example. Crusher Joe is meant to be more fun, but it also, the characters in it are more based around 
the actual political outcome of the way the world is. And same with Dirty Pair to some degree, actually. Um, where where they're so ingrained in the actual world itself that they're not outsiders looking in like like Adam is, or, or they're trying to affect change because they're not. The dirty pair aren't trying to affect change, and, and the crushers aren't really trying to do that either. They're just doing their jobs. Yeah, basically, you know, they have a. I guess in a way, they have a strong sense of justice. It's kind of being perverse by the world surrounding them today, which is kind of inflective of what's going on even now. So. Yeah. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's kind of that thing. Um, it's, but that being said, yeah, uh, Lucy Christian and Adam Gibbs do really good jobs with these characters. Uh, I want to say, wasn't Lucy Christian also in the Vampire Hunter D dub? I might actually be wrong on this one, but I'm gonna check Let that. Me l- yeah, I guess still have a page up. Nope, I accidentally closed all the tabs. <laughs> Um, and I love Lucy Christian. Um, she's a great voice actress, and I like Adam Scott, too. Or Adam Gibbs, sorry, not Adam Scott. Adam Gibbs. Adam Scott's a comedian, yeah. I think. Yeah, Adam Scott's on uh, on Parks and Rec. Um, but I, I like Adam Gibbs. Uh, I think he's a good voice actor too. Um, yeah, she was actually. She was Doris Lang. They got they got a lot of they got a lot of Vampire Hunter D actors in this too, so that's pretty cool. Honestly, well, yeah, the well, I mean, Sentai did do the redub, so uh, yeah, no, I, I just even still they could have cast like you know other people, so it's kind of fun that that we got so many of the Vampire Hunter D cast in here. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, Tiffany Grant was in that tub. That's funny. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. You you got any thoughts, Jamal? They do pretty good. The only real downside is that these characters suffer from main character syndrome, where like a lot of the, uh, sometimes a lot of the other characters are more important than the main character, even though the main characters are screened most of the time. Because I know at at uh, hero is just basically the bad boy of the group, basically you know, just trying to find his way in the world. It's just it's if he's, th- if, he's very James Dean like, I think is what they were going for. Maybe yeah, but if if I don't know, I guess if this podcast is, had existed in the nineties before all the tropes and such, before all the anime, before all anime did that kind of trope and everything, maybe we would have liked Hero better. But Hero's just all right for the, for the time yeah. being. There's yeah, and, and Maggie, I could swear because. I back like what I said in the previous section, like a lot of actors play the life experience. I could swear I heard somewhere Lucy Christian used to be a nurse, but I could not find proof. Hmm. Well, but I maybe I'm just dreaming it. Maybe. Yeah. I. I, I mean, you can always I ask her on Twitter. Somewhere. She's on Twitter. So. Yeah, she is. But. That's pretty much all my thoughts on this. Yeah, that's so. pretty much my thoughts too. Perfectly fine characters with good performances. That's that's my sum up for it. Um, so you want to go into th- final thoughts then? Sure. Even mean, though I've pretty much given my final thoughts as it is, but um, I'm kind of the connoisseur of the '80s era of anime of the show. I've noticed. I, I know that there are other people who like this stuff on the show too, but I'm kind of the one who who's always the go-to for this kind of stuff and. I honestly can't recommend Venus Wars enough. I, I like this movie a lot. 
Um, it's not flawless, but honestly, I, I I think it's a great time capsule of the era, especially the late 80s. Um, and I think the dub helps a lot to, to make it feel more timeless. I, uh, I think all around the direction's great. I think the fact that there are so many newcomers to this dub is really impressive. That it's that it's as good as it is. And uh, yeah, I I think it's a good pickup if you're looking for some older stuff. If you want to see what, a what anime was like in the 80s. I'd say it's a better pickup than Vampire Hunter D, honestly. <laughs> that dub is good. Yeah. That dub is good, but the movie itself is just okay. I I'd say Venus Wars is a better movie. So... Yeah, let me put my let me put on my best on my voice. Hey kids, you like Gundam but don't like mechs? Well, have I got a movie for you? So yeah, basically this is like one of the most influential films of its time. I I was told because again, this like this was like a big deal for the director back in the day, and I know that like Gundam is just started taking off and. It definitely has that kind of vibe without the mix, but at the same time, it kind of got overshadowed to the point that, you know, it went to obscurity until years later because I hadn't heard of this until Sentai got uh, permission to redub it, so when I checked it out, it's funny because normally you have to, like, either coerce me to watching something, like, I usually watch stuff by word of mouth or like if something catches my eye and one of the things that caught my eye was of course the dub because this was Mike Haimoto's first time and I wanted to give him the proper diligence he deserves the proper respect he deserves so I figured if I ever get a chance let me check out this film this film is so damn good it, you, it kind of reminds me of when the uh, uh, Armand Gigi and the crew covered the uh, City Hunter Shinjuku Private Ice last year. It kind of definitely has that 80s tone to it. Right. But at the same time, it it doesn't stand out. It doesn't stand out too much with its characters. Like, it lets, it lets the actors speak for the characters on its own. Yeah. I'll give it a distinct vibe, because... And I'm, I'm used to something with... a. Uh, this kind of great because I hell I did say moved on the movie that movie's barely younger than this one and I thought everybody did a very good job given what they would do for this film so uh, kudos to Mike yeah if your first time on this good job man exactly exactly so uh, we good to wrap up here I guess so do you want you want people know where you're from like what what do you do. I think we should probably tell where we can find the film if they thought this was the actual film they were going to watch. Which, by the way, is almost two hours long. Let's be real, viewers. If you thought you came here to see the movie, you were sadly mistaken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you want but if you want to watch the movie for yourself, uh, it's available streaming on High Dive, which, as far as I know, as of right now, is probably the only way because it's... Because they have a limited edition that's under, currently unavailable on Sentai's website. Let me see if it's all right stuff. Looking up the synopsis. Oh, it, okay. It says here there's a DVD, but I'm not sure if that has the new dub on it. It's out of stock, but the the Blu-ray itself is uh, no longer available. Really? <laughs> Oof. Oof. 
Wow. So at the I'm, t- I'm glad I got my copy when I did. Holy shit. <laughs> so at the time of recording, currently the only way to view it is on High Dive, which yeah, if you are... I don't think Verve yeah. has... Uh, I don't think Verve has it. So. Oh, boy. Which, if you want to check it out for, for yourself, uh, there is a three a free 30-day trial to check out that or anything else in its catalog. Uh, yeah, you can pay if you want, of course, if you don't want to continue to trial cancel it since the credit card's required. There's a $5 monthly plan, a $48 yearly plan. Trust me, if you if you sign up, go for the $48 plan. It's, it's much cheaper in the long run. Which, uh, given how much we spend on our wallets, cheaper is better. Right. But uh, as for if you want to check out our podcast for yourself, uh, we're available on YouTube at Top Podcasts. We're available on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. We also... We're, we also are available on social media, Dub Talk Podcast on Twitter. We've recently wrapped up our efforts, our efforts on Twitch, uh, to which uh, we're now an affiliate as of recording. Yay. Yes, I know uh, Megan's been doing stuff lately with uh, Cedoplay Chronicles and uh, Fire Emblem Face, that kind of thing. Uh, uh, Steph and Andrew just did uh, The Wolf Among Us recently. Uh, I know Armand does some visual authentication. I've tried to... I'm hoping to do something with Borderlands 3 myself if I have the time or the setup to do it. Uh, as for what we get up to ourselves, uh, I think that's... Uh, so where can people find you, Lack? They can find me at like the Watcher uh, at TikTok and Twitter. Um, I'm currently working on some stuff for my TikTok. Uh, I do sketches and voice acting kind of stuff on there. Uh, if you just want to see the kind of stuff I like to post about you can just follow me on on twitter um that's pretty much it for me right now i got a fun like sketch i'm coming up with um right now that i i don't really want to talk about too much because i don't know when it's coming out soon but i got i got my diamond is unbreakable struggle tweets that i'm currently in the process of writing so that should be out within probably the month i would say uh which is fun like Taking the characters from Diamondism or JoJo and and having them write funny tweets, that's kind of the idea, <laughs> and have voice acting nice. over it. So, oh, that's awesome. Yep. Uh, as for me, I'm an assistant editor for the podcast. Uh, it can be found on YouTube at Jabstar One, Twitter at Jabstar Five Two Nine. Uh, hello from the Discord. Uh, uh, I have blog collected dust. I plan to get to solo podcasting at some point. One day, if you you will find out. Uh, but if speaking of podcasts, if you want to show your support to our podcast, uh, we're available on uh, Ko-Fi as well as Patreon. To which, would you like to tell us about patrons that they lack? Um, sure. So, uh, do I start with the five dollar? Yeah, start with the five dollar. Okay. So, patrons, the five dollar tier, we've got Megan's mom and dad, Michelle Travis. Uh, Miraculous Corazon, Nico Rahman, but with Yowie hands. Sue Tweet? Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, Tweet. Okay. And uh, Victor Mayboroda? Yeah. And, and for the $10 tier, we've got uh, Carly? Carly 
Lysacal? Kali Kali Lysacal. Lysacal. All right. Uh, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Julia W., Marissa Lenti, and Ataku Anthony. Thank you all for your support. You are very wonderful people. Yep. So, how should we sign this off? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I just want to get my bike and go home. <laughs> Pretty much. Me too, man. Me too. So, why don't we go ahead and do that? So, we'll say goodnight to everybody and Ataku on, my friend. Is that what we say? <laughs> goodnight, Ataku on. And keep on riding. See you later. Love is war. (laughs) Ha ha ha.